shite. Oh, good. It's, it's a, <laughs> I think this is better. <laughs> um, I've made some adjustments. Okay. Uh, I'm, I'm really good at IT. You can see did that. You, did you move the tree in the yeah, background? Yeah, I was brought up with it. I think the tree in the background's getting in I the way of the signal. I can now move like this and, and, and they're not getting... Oh, is the tree moved? Yep. Yeah. We can and do that got, here. You've got you a chair. That. So you've got a chair on the beach just popped up. There you go. <laughs> yeah, I've got a chair. It's, it's actually like um, like a, look, it's a doctor's chair. Oh, you completely because I see people dis- on the beaches. <laughs> no, it's social, social distance. I came in the top. It's social distancing. We have to now work on the beach with nobody around. <laughs> As you can see, there's nobody there. See? Hi guys, welcome to Glitching the Code. Hi guys, welcome to Glitching the Code. I hope you're well. We're going to try and be a bit more positive in this show, if we can. We're going to try and be back to, to how it was originally intended, was to kind of look at the, the problems that we're going through and offer some, not solutions, but like look at how we kind of cope, really. Um, we haven't done that. We've gone down conspiracy manholes and never came up for air. So I'm hoping to come up for air. It's been a year of COVID madness and nonsense. And this started a year ago when I was with this gentleman, Dr. Robin Kelly in New Zealand. We just snuck in the back door before it all went completely mental in February. I think I came back almost to the day um, last year, this time. We had a great time. We shot a film called Unnatural and a series, which is great. Um, the Human Hologram or The Holographic Human um on um iconic and um love this man to bits we've had a great time the last few years so robin robin is a, a medical practitioner of many many decades and um he's not that old but he's a great musician as well good friend robin welcome to the show lovely to speak to you I haven't spoke to you in months how mad is it over there i know you've just gone back into lockdown for because <laughs> one person went to the gym yeah i know yeah it's mad and um the place has erupted uh, I say there are two camps because this poor guy, um, I think he, there's a cluster. They talk about a cluster now, which means about four people at a high school. And for some reason, this guy may be in the cluster. I don't know. But went to the doctor last um, Friday because he had a bit of a sniffle. And the doctor, of course, did the test up the nose. And then he went off to the gym. And then um, they found that he had a positive PCR test. So as a result of that, even before the genomic sequencing, which they tend to do here because there's only about you know one or two that we see, um, uh, they close the whole place down. We're complete. We're locked down in Auckland <laughs> for a week. Right. For one and, person. And with a list of all the places he'd been to, including KFC and um, all those places and um, Kmart and things. Um, there's no question worry about KFC and. Because they advertise that on TV all the time, but that's probably more likely to um, affect your health than all this. Anyway, uh, so that's we're all closed down. We're all shut down. And uh, she shut down this. The announcement was about nine o'clock at night and it was 6 a.m. the next morning. So what happens in Auckland is everybody pisses off. Right. because up north right right so they all got you know in their pajamas they all started shooting off you know to the beach and everything 
um, yeah, that's what 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 happened. So, yeah, that that was given the whole <laughs> time. What's so, wrong um, with this woman? Is she a, is she a genuinely a psychopath? Would was she someone who is really mentally ill? You have to be mentally deranged to make to do that. I would believe you have to be very ill. You can't not be very ill. I don't know. I think I think there are limits to her insights into the worldly matters. Let's <laughs> just say. But um, but she's all surrounded by a sort of a team, if you like. Yeah, um, I think what she might do is because it's going to be for a week. Uh, although the the sort of furlough schemes she they reintroduced for two weeks which doesn't sound good. Um, she might just in five days open it all up again because it's a torture, isn't it? Really, it's like. Um, uh, let's let's lock them up a little bit, and then I'll save you because we'll open up a bit. Uh, yeah, yeah, so yeah. It, this yeah. is a part of Biderman's chart of coercion that I've been looking into, where they kind of yeah. um, they allow you frivolous like treats, almost. But yeah. it's abuse. This yeah. is abuse. She's not a well person to to do even do that. How how can a whole nation of people listen to this woman a year on? I mean, I don't understand. Well, I don't... Well, because she sold the fact that through what her lockdowns last year, she saved the nation. And of course, there's a lot of people who and they voted her back in, um, but apparently, because she saved the nation, because she locked down. Now, uh, lockdowns, as you know, are very complicated what happens to this disease, whether it's anything to do with lockdowns. And I'm part of a team called COVID Plan B, where we're um, questioning the science of lockdown, looking internationally. Uh, looking at the timelines and saying, you know, uh, are these peaks and troughs of this condition anything to do with lockdown, anything to do with masks, anything to do with social distancing? Uh, we're looking at the pure science. Uh, as you know, you were here last year, and that, and it was a good summer, wasn't it? It was quite hot, so yeah. it went on till the end of April, really. So, uh, what happens uh, in a in a good summer is you build up your uh, vitamin D um, through the sun. Uh, so that's just one factor. Uh, so what they've done, the scientists um, who have all, like Imperial College and with you guys, who have recommended this, all basking in glory because they think because of what we've done, we've saved all your lives. Um, and the po a lot of the population, of course, have fought, have believed that. All mm. right. So a lot of the population where this poor guy went to the gym are really um, getting at him. All right. He's 21. Uh, and he's, you know, he's the bastard. Uh, it's a bit like criticising Archduke Franz Ferdinand for being shot uh, and, criti and saying he started World War, World War yeah. One. But so, do, do not um, the people who are angry at him, do you not think that they kind of get deep down and go, this is nothing to be angry at him for? Why am I angry at him? What What is going on in my head? What is wrong with me? Because you'd have well, to be insane might, yeah. to be angry at him. Agreed. The doctor might have said, oh, I don't think you've got it. You know, you've just got a sniffle. Who, who knows what's going on? But yeah, of course. And I think this is this is probably where we're getting at is that the natural reaction is anger. How are we going to somehow vent our anger? Who are we going to project it onto? Um, are we going to project it on? And a lot of people onto the government and a lot of people are. But there's an equally number, probably a greater number that are just going to project it onto this guy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and and if he. Uh, and he's the whole cause of us shutting down, you know. And when when a journalist, if you can call them that here, um, asked, asked the Prime Minister about this, she went, oh, you know, uh, are you going to say anything about this guy? And she said, I don't know, you know, 
Right, that's, it was a sort of, um, yeah, she 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 was sort of laying into him somewhat. So that poor guy, can you imagine it? I mean, I, mean, she, I don't know. What... Yeah, she's a psychopath. Yeah. Uh, in my opinion, that is just completely. I don't have the words for how logical this is. Did you think a year ago when I left, we'd still be talking <laughs> about this bollocks? <laughs> I know. Well, it's the thing is, I'm I've got to be cautious because I have a brother in London, I have family in in the UK, I've got a family in Israel, so it's you know any advice that I give, I assure you, I totally understand. It's a different story in these other places because we've only been locked down. It just comes like that. For right. we've been locked down for other reasons, so we haven't had this prolonged lockdown. Um, but of course, it's huge for our uh, tourist industry. Uh, can you imagine that here and and uh, uh, that that's really much depend, dependent in the summer of overseas visitors and lockdown. So w- I think we here are suffering the same from the same frustration um, and also uh, young people in particular questioning what the hell am I going to do with my life? What I want to do has been um, somehow decided to be uh, inessential. You know, the, mm. the thing that I'm really love in life, I, I think it's unlikely that I'm going to be able to pursue that. Um, and I think probably what we could do today, my suggestion is to say how we can get around that uh, for all people, how we can keep positive, how we can actually be a force to be reckoned with in resisting um, what the sort of so-called plans are because it would seem the plans the great reset and other things they may be very rich but they don't seem very wise these people Mm. um because they really tell us what they're going to do um and it doesn't a lot of it just doesn't make sense and 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 it's you know what i say it's soulless because it's also forgetting that we've evolved on this um planet um for um a couple of million years maybe you know um and, and as humans, 100,000, when we've been sort of focused and thinking. And we can't just lose um, uh, our humanness, our soul, that quickly. Mm. We can't do that. And we're going to have to somehow respond to that. And I think there's ways we can be positive. And to be honest, what happens with the narcissist, as you know, with narcissistic personality, you know, they, have a, they, they step too far. They don't have any great insights. They're so arrogant and so sure of their own um, uh, I suppose, actions and statements that they fall into the trap and they ultimately will destroy themselves. So we have to be A, patient, but B, understand what's happening and have tactics to keep ourselves well and and um, human and um, enjoying life uh, in the meantime. So that's my plan. And when people come to see me, that's most of our conversations because uh, irrespective of the fact that we haven't shut down as much as the UK, and we were very sorry of that, and it looks like it's great, we're wandering around, that we've still got all those anxieties about the future for our kids um, and grandkids. Uh, and so, uh, yeah, let's get some strategies going to keep us um, not only sane, but thriving, you know. Um, yeah, it seems to be... Because there's no cure for this in the sense of that they're going to do what they're going to do. I think they'll eventually, and I think it's very, very, very near here, they're going to burn themselves out. They're, they're scrambling, really scrambling here. Um, and it's going to burn itself out. No one's, like in the UK, I don't know how it's been portrayed over there, but no one's listening to lockdown here. The only people mm. that are are small businesses. 
which was really the point anyway. So no one's really listening to it. We're all wandering around. None of us care. The only thing time you ever see any nonsense about is posters on bus shelters and, and then you go into a supermarket and everyone's a bit mental with masks. Other than that, no one's really listening. So um, this is... We kind of need therapeutic... Like if you're saying this, we need to kind of be able to deal with it. It's therapy, isn't it? It's, it's a way of coping with it until it does pass because there's no cure for this, is there? And that's what I kind of want to speak to you about is how do you cope... How are you coping with this? I know I find a lot of um, a lot of it in humour. I've obviously just had a son, so that's one thing. But also, I work a lot. I like to kind of... I, I'm coming to the point where I'm finding something, everything hilarious, hilariously and hysterically funny. I don't know about you. Where are you at with you, and what do you do to kind of cope? Yeah. Well, I'm in a, difficult, a different situation in that I'm a jobbing doctor um, and I have my own practice here, which in my home, uh, and I'm one of the few uh, independent GPs in, in New Zealand, probably a, there's only a handful of us, as there are in the UK. So here I'm not, although we don't get subsidies and everything and, and the pay is piss poor because I'm totally dependent on people giving me money, I can spend as long as I like with people and I can really get to the roots of their ill health. And, you know, uh, uh, that usually means there's, say usually, very commonly means there's an emptiness within them, a loneliness, Mm. uh, a sense of uh, loneliness. You you can be lonely in a crowd, you can be lonely in a marriage, you can be lonely in your family, uh, and they feel unfulfilled. Um, And, I mean, that's at the roots of a huge amount of illness, not just... um, emotional and mental illness. So we very, I suppose, quickly go to that sort of area, the hole in the soul that they're trying to fill. Uh, either it's the seat of addictions, as you know. Uh, and, and you know, as another human being, you can fill that hole a little bit by just being interested in listening when nobody else is listening. You know, that's the, one of the sad things about medicine, and I'm sure Dr. Vernal Coleman would agree, is that they're truly trying to take the humanity out of medicine, the, the one-to-one discussion, um, which is very uh, upsetting, I think, for older doctors like me, because it's actually the basis of how we work, yeah. getting alongside the person, promising them that we're not going to leak information out to authorities, which is pretty well gone in, in many uh, and with doctors now, um, to I don't have a computer in my room because I want to be looking at the person, you know. Yeah. It's important, actually, they don't have a mask on because it's actually quite important when I'm talking to them, I look at their face. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> but, yeah. You know, yeah. So there's a great... So that's my practice here, but then I also work a couple of days in, in more state-run practices, and it's totally different. Um, but... I will see how each one of those is reacting to this and probably slip in in the very short consultation time a little bit of advice. And it's quite funny because in some waiting rooms, they've got to wear a mask. But as soon as they come to see the doctor, they can take the mask off. (laughs) And they think and and I tell you, there's been a huge change in the last three months because people have said, thank God, taking my mask off. I hate that thing. You know, so those, you know, those would be the person in the street. The people that come to see me are somewhat self-selected because they really want to do the work. They want to um, be listened to, but they also want to take that responsibility for getting well, getting to the root cause. Um, and, And therefore, we see in my practice here, this whole COVID thing in context of a much bigger, a bigger thing. How's it affecting them? 
Uh, is it making them feel more lonely? Um, are they picking up the fear in the environment, which is what happens, the, the sort of causal fear that's around that uh, it's big? Are they in conflict with family members who um, are all for lockdowns and, and sort of lynching this poor guy <laughs> who's <laughs> gone to the gym? <laughs> Uh, and that can be quite a lonely place for them. So and that, of course, can come. And also, you know, all the questions about the vaccines and and, and mm. um, the questions, which is a further divisory thing that's happening. And, and, and we're in the situation where this government has got to sell these vaccines, where it seems fairly clear around the world is that there's a natural herd immunity that's happening around the world. If you look at all the charts, including the UK, you'll find the, the deaths are coming down. And, and the cases are coming down, which means, and that's not related to the vaccinations because uh, uh, in many countries, they haven't even reached two or 3% of, uh, of being vaccinated. Yeah. So I think the authorities are somewhat worried that their plan is, uh, and all the buying up of the vaccines could not be necessary. So if we go into winter here, which, you know, May or so, and there isn't this um, spike, even if it's contrived, they're going to have a hard time selling this because we have to, as doctors, work out where everybody comes in. If we're going to prescribe a drug, we have to work out a risk assessment for them. Is, is this pill I'm going to give them going to um, uh, have, have a higher risk, cause more problems than the condition they have? We do that 20, 30 times a day. I've been doing it in practice for 40 years. So I should be knowing what I'm doing. I haven't been asked about this. So we have to do exactly the same with the vaccine. Now, if you're giving a vaccine for something and everybody down the street is dropping over dead, you know, um, then obviously the risk of the vaccine, even if it's been hastily produced, is worthwhile. But if um, there's only one guy, yeah, and you're kind of and you're vaccinating everybody, um, then the cell is it reasonable. So a reasonable discussion is what is my risk of this this vaccine versus my risk of catching it. Mm. And I think there's a race on. I think there's a race on because it looks like we're over this, whatever it was, second wave. Um, so so I think they're getting worried. I think there's a rearguard action going uh, about the vaccine um, now. Uh, and I have to, I'll do the same for everybody. I'm, I, I'm not, uh, you know, I'm uh, in the other practices, vaccinating doctor. But I'm also spent all the time. If somebody comes in for a vaccine and is worried about it, I'll spend half an hour with them. Um, talk going through all the list, the, the list that the manufacturers put out uh, and see if they're happy. And if, you know, if they're not, they are well informed. So my, my job is to inform these people, you know, uh, and not be part of this great divide, which is another divide that's happened, isn't it? You know, pro and anti-vaccine. Mm. Everything is divide and rule, you know. That's yeah. just one other step. Yeah, it's got, you, you're providing... Um... Again, therapy in the middle there, mm. and people like I see in the comments of these videos, and and um and the, the kind of numbers have gone up on people watching these things, and I think it's because of the humour. Um, they've we're worried, they've, but most of all, I get I get is oh, thank God you guys are talking about this. I feel like I've actually been speaking to my mates, some mm. common sense, and mm. and it's that's gone that middle ground of. This is mad. This is mental. I don't need to question why it's mental. If you just put the country in lockdown for someone in in a um, went to the gym, I mean, hmm. he even went to get healthy. 
He didn't even go to the mm. pub. Didn't even go to a strip bar. I mean, if he went to a strip bar, you'd probably be like, silly sod. But he went to the bloody gym to get mm. better, to get healthy, probably to sweat the cold out. It's just like... And, and so there's no middle... There's no common sense. There's all or nothing. And that's what yeah. they've got people in, this this kind of reactive... Reptilian, in a sense, our complex of the brain, that reactive all or nothing... And but I feel like that's wearing out. There's a lot of people out there who say, "Can it's great to just hear you guys talk some common sense." And it yeah. isn't about this COVID in a sense. It's not about that. It's about I really just want to connect with people again. I really just want to speak to someone who's not mental for a mask. Yeah. And so, how are you coping with this? Other than being a doctor in your personal life, I know you're a musician. You you do you're recording a new album. That's kind of your passion as well, obviously, is, mm. is music. You've got grandkids, um, so you've got another grandkid on the way. Um, how are you coping with this as a outside of work, as a person? I think to a certain extent, you have to do the Buddhist thing, I suppose, is what, like watch it as a movie, all right? Don't mm. get wrapped up in it. As a, again, what happened at the weekend, you saw this great reaction, which is basically people's anger, which is basically coming from a, a reactive level, uh, low low level from them. And you can see that. And and uh, we're allowed to get angry, but there's ways of, of channeling anger, which I try to do. I write poetry as well, which is there's quite a lot of angry poems I've had, <laughs> but I actually get a certain sense of satisfaction yeah. from, from, from that, if you like. So uh, it's a way, I think, of slightly um, stepping outside. Um, you know, there's concepts of the higher self, which I, I won't put, but basically you can watch yourself reacting to things. Yeah. And if you do that, that's, that's when you have a laugh. You know, when you're sharing a joke or laughing at Mr. Bean, for instance, it's because, you know, we're all Mr. Bean sometime, you know, aren't yeah. we? We're really laughing at ourselves. So that's the thing is, is to step aside. I've also helped because I do have all sorts of people coming to me who are passionate one way or the other. And um, I uh, will have to cope with both. It's just as important if somebody comes in with the totally different religious views or, or spiritual views or, or political views to my own. Uh, it doesn't it doesn't bother me one up, but one bit because I have to treat them equally, you know, and and. Uh, I'm in a sort of socially privileged position because they expect me to do that. So I think that's how respect happens. So it's a matter of not, sort of not buying into it. I, I will talk about creativity and, and creativity doesn't have to be writing songs or, or poetry or, or whatever. It's somehow honoring um, mm. the specialness about you. That's a, that's a good each... point, isn't it? Sorry to jump in. Yeah. And I think this is a really important point people get wrong. Creativity doesn't mean artistic, does it? See, I, I have people come to see me, maybe a, a woman in a middle, later years, says, well, look, you know, I'm so amazed because my um, son's in this band and my daughter's this great uh, graphic artist and they're so creative. Of course, I'm not creative, shall I say. And I say, wait a minute, you've created them. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, and I said, not only that, you are creative. So we go through what they are creative at. I talked before about this whole hole in the soul, if they're coming from that. Uh, it's just that they've been somehow talked into the feeling that they're not creative. Um, you know, they may have a nice garden, but they've actually created a home, for instance, mm. a haven for many people for generations to come. You know, so so uh, yeah. So understand that creativity is 
just something that is unique to you maybe it's a unique expression of your soul i'll talk about soul because that seems to be on the out yeah <laughs> because if we <laughs> you know if you understand if you believe we have a soul if you believe we don't have a soul um then um we're easy to be controlled uh our soul isn't the thing that reacts um like you say just like with anger our soul is something that is here for the for keeps uh and maybe even for keeps after we die shock horror so so because we don't know uh, if it does then it actually puts everything into into um context this whole life into context um and you know if if people don't fear dying and, and most the people that i'm seeing uh, don't fear dying in the way they're expected to feel dying. I have people with cancer who actually counsel their oncologists who seem to be more fearful than them because it's just assumed that they fear dying. Yeah. Uh, of course, we all want to live. You can actually want to live, but not live totally in fear of dying. That's the ultimate fear, and it's the ultimate control tool that uh, manipulating that fear, and that's what we're seeing. So... Um, it's yeah. a good point, and what you just mentioned there, and I think this is maybe something we can talk about now, is that a lot of people are existing and not living, and that's been put upon them with these these ridiculous restrictions, and that they've been made to exist and not live, but there are, as you say, that the people are creative. Look what they've created at home, and it might be good for people to kind of look around them and look what they've done and what they've managed to achieve in their life, even down to the smallest thing of just having friends who make who they make laugh. Look at all of these positive things that impact that they have on life, and just say, "I am actually that's me living." Regard, they can never stamp that out in me. They can take away my ability to even work at a certain point. One, I'm not responsible for that, so I shouldn't feel any shame for that. But they haven't stamped out the life in me. Like we're laughing at silly things now, and and um, you sitting on the beach being a doctor because you've got no one around you, you're social distancing. They can't stamp that out. Can they? They, mm. they they can't get near to that bit and that's the message i want to get right through to people with the like the new direction and i used to talk about is that there is a spark in between us that they can't touch no matter what mm. and and mm. that is seen around us in our children and in our home and on things we touch and affect how what's your kind of take on that yeah absolutely um on that i, I often ask people what is it that they do when they that they do that makes them lose track of time okay say time is somehow maybe uh, a concept that we've created ourselves because that usually is a good indication that they're actually in the moment uh, not uh, fearing the future or have guilt about the past um, uh, live live very much in the moment um, you know if you're locked down and and it's quite good that we are at the moment because I I can say this without people getting pissed off. Uh, it's all right for you, mate. Um, yeah. I'm not really on a beach, by the way. That's uh, Skype. You'd never know. Um, I think the trees... The well, it could moving. be, isn't it? Yeah. It's not very breezy there, though, is it? <laughs> I think... Uh, I'm looking around, pretending to see things. Um, where am I at with this? Uh, totally forgotten now. Um, yeah, so... Uh, You're talking about time. I th time, yeah. So, uh, it's about... Um, getting involved uh, and I suppose in somehow um, enjoying the world around you. One thing happens with lockdown is you get to know your little neighbourhood, your little garden if you're in a, a flat I suppose um, 
yeah, it might even be a pot plant you might have been looking at and find the little creepy crawlies on it, you know, something you haven't noticed before. And to be honest, if you if the mindset is right, that's probably as as fun as watching a blockbuster, you know, <laughs> because you're just get totally involved in what's around you um, and then reestablish a connection. Um, I do acupuncture and we we allow people to get into a sort of another mode of being in this mode of being the at one must and often I say what to look out for is if you're getting better is to notice the synchronicities in life and synchronicities mean that in fact this sort of time illusion is somehow shattered and, and that you um, little things that happen that can be little things like funny little things which don't mean anything to anybody else but make you chuckle because they seem to be more than just coincidence and just a numb feeling that that you're at one with the world. So that's I would like to think that's the peaceful state that people can get to. And you can't lock people away from that. Mm. Everybody is. Um, and in fact, you know, if you look how a child plays, if you watch Arthur, uh, uh, that is their natural birthright to be in that situation, aren't they? They're yeah. basically having a laugh. Um, <laughs> but they don't really know much about lockdowns, as long as you don't wear a mask all the time. Yeah. Um, they probably sort of, yeah. And the same with a dog, you know, have have an animal, you know, even a goldfish, although I gather you can't put goldfish in the bowl at the moment now. It's politically not correct, you know that? Oh, is it? Is it? I would have been a COVID rule, but it's, it's a PC rule. Yeah, well, they're in a bubble, so it should be all right for COVID, isn't it? Because you could probably yeah. bring them to bring them to your rock concert. Yeah, can you get COVID through water? Like, like if you immersed yourself in water for a, for a week, could it get you? Uh, I, I'm not sure. You'd have. To, you mean with a snorkel? Yeah. Yeah. Desperate times, Robin. It's desperate you, times. If you, if you just went into water for a week without yeah. a snorkel or anything like that. Um, People want solutions. And with the least, COVID with the least of your problems, I tell you, you know, like that. I think well, you, I'll tell you about, I'll tell you on. that reminds me, just as an aside about viruses. Um, I think there's a some concept there that it's us against this one virus, isn't it? This little bastard COVID virus. Now, uh, it is known that uh, 800 million viruses, 800 million drop on our heads from the troposphere um, every day, wow. 800 million. Jesus. Okay. And they penetrate the sea, talking about water, and they actually keep the sea in balance. They're actually antibacterial. Uh, we have trillions upon trillions of viruses within us. In fact, our DNA uh, is an amalgamation between us and viruses. Everything is 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 there. I mean, we're just we're just a hive of bugs and mites and and creepy crawlies our eyebrows have lots of little mites in them um and it's all part of us you know it's all that's all part of us and and i don't think people have a concept that there are 800 million of them dropping on us every mm. day yeah and also they circulate in the troposphere you know so there may be other other ways that viruses are are affecting us um and yeah so um that's just to decide about um, water and viruses. If you wanted, wanted to tell me, uh, as far as jumping into water, um, I, I well, yeah, probably all right. Uh, but I think also, you know, if you're in a flotation tank, you're uh, or in the sea, which we are, you're, you're, you've got salt there. You've also got magnesium in the sea, and you're just getting healthy anyway. 
and um, less likely to be socially sort of on top of each other in 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 the sea unless and, you're in one yeah yeah no I, I i like the idea of um um we were talking about humor before and then like we're talking about with the absurdity of it of it all and i think that's what's keeping us going like we're obviously just talking we're painting pictures in our heads of the absurdity of it because it is absurd we don't really need to work that hard anymore you've written something about <laughs> chlamydia to get you to okay. <laughs> just um, you... we'll put it in context for me okay so well i don't want to sound um too holy because i got really pissed off yesterday with <laughs> with this other lockdown yeah um and i thought well how am i going to channel that in chinese medicine the liver energy is how we get pissed off we get liverish but the liver energy also the creative energy okay so i thought um and because they kept talking about their elimination strategy i've got it here um i thought i would submit a chlamydia elimination strategy to our government because you know then i could be an expert couldn't i i could well, this always is what, yeah guys remember this is a, this is a, a doctor of 30 plus years so this isn't just like me writing about chlamydia this is, is yeah. great so go for it You're, so I, for I, so this is the letter i've just written it's in draft form because i want your feedback and there's some things i've missed out on this and um, you stop me because it's it's a page of it um, okay i brought it to, brought it to the beach wait a minute oh that's gone <laughs> isn't it is this a beard <laughs> that's, that's that's blown up okay so it's called the new zealand chlamydia elimination strategy and their background due to New Zealand's effective COVID elimination strategy, because I want to suck up to them a bit. Yeah. I'm yet to see a case of this disease. <laughs> However, I continue to see many cases of chlamydia, maybe more than ever in the past year. And I've got in brackets, I gather Neil Ferguson of Peril College has written a case study paper on this. Anyway, well, on chlamydia? Well, he, you know what he was up to. Anyway. Well, yeah, so, that's uh, a good point. Yeah, yeah, he's probably a carrier. Okay, as a result, I feel we urgently need a New Zealand chlamydia elimination strategy and I'm setting this management plan to our government, all right? And I wrote this yesterday. Um, so the proposed plan is one, of course. Yep. No sex until chlamydia completely eradicated from New Zealand. And that's reasonable, isn't it? Well, really? that's absolutely. No... If you're going to have to get rid of zero on COVID, you need to get rid of um, chlamydia as well. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Fair. Uh, I did this actually after posting on Facebook and it seemed to just say I was coming up with this and it seemed to be enthusiastically. It, I was the only one that got to a lot of laughs on my tech. Everybody had all the crying and the shit yeah. and the poo, poo emojis and I've got right. this, this one. Okay. Number two, all males to wear a condom at all time. And you have to say that's going to be reasonable, isn't it? Yep. Uh, two condoms if you're leaving your bubble and three on public transport. <laughs> and, you know, that's reasonable, isn't it? I think so. If you're going to poke your 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 winky woo outside your bubble, then you need to you need to yeah two two at least. Uh, I've been wearing PPE gear, you know, when I'm doing this, so I, I and it's not very attractive. So I've got number three: all women to wear full PPE gear at all times, and chastity belts <laughs> if on tra public transport. Oh, that's reasonable as well, isn't it? Absolutely. Because, yeah. Uh, all homes to be immediately connected to 5G in-house 24-7 um, surveillance. That's fair enough. Regular random police sheet inspections. Okay. <laughs> yeah. With the I UV think, lights. I think even, even because you know with the 5G, they, they know, you know, they've got this surveillance in-house. So I, I think that's reasonable as well, isn't it? You well, know? you want to see where the COVID, you want to keep your eye on this chlamydia well, outbreak. And also where you're up to and which, which room you're going into and everything. That's, that's it. going to be yeah. important. Okay, all the vaccine companies are already keen to develop a vaccine. Since I've this come out, they've all come out. They, they can all do this in a month. 
all right? <laughs> it's taken them a year. Uh, they can't guarantee sterility and impotence as side effects. They can't guarantee those. And so, um, <laughs> but you want them. Please grant them indemnity from prosecution for people who are still aroused after the vaccine. So I think it's important that, that if you did actually want to have sex after them, you know, don't sue them. All right. Because no. most people are there. Uh, and we're going to order 35 million of these. We've got a we've got a population of five million, as you know, um, but we've got 30 million sheep in the south. All right. How many of how many COVID have they actually ordered? Is are they well? Are they overdone? Oh, well, completely? for everybody, even though you can't give it to kids, nobody's uh. asked them that question. And we're at the team of five million. Right? <laughs> um, there is an effect. Okay, the other one. Tell me when to shut up. No, no, you carry on. It's great. Can I carry on? All right. Yeah, yeah. Um, people might get um, the, There's a very effective treatment for chlamydia. All right. It's just one, two pills of an antibiotic. Okay. Right. And it's all gone. But we've got to outlaw that. Uh, okay. <laughs> because it has only encouraged bad behavior, especially in men. And it's in conflict with our elimination plans. You know, we've got <laughs> this treatment. Yeah. But we doesn't we can't eliminate it if people keep bonking. You know that. What is that? Though? You okay. don't want to get your numbers up on the world population, do you? No, and you have to ban an effective treatment. You know that's important. Absolutely. Uh, got to clone all zoos with koala bears. As you know, koalas carry chlamydia. Did you know that? What in the hands? <laughs> no, they've got it. They're, 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 you Google think... it. Okay. Is it? Yeah. Close all borders. Close all borders. <laughs> ban Aussies permanently. You can understand that, don't you? <laughs> um, now the thing is, the next thing is encourage castration for all males. And you think that would be reasonable, isn't it? Uh, it's not mandatory at present, but it's going to be reviewed. So I think that could come in. All right. You've got, but they're yeah. going to be kind. This is they're going to be kind. All right. Um, and so, but even if vaccinated, you still have to follow condom and PPE wearing rules. Yep. This is number 12. If castrated, you still have to do that. Wear a condom and PPE wearing, wearing goes. So you have to do that um, because you can't guarantee anything in this life. Um, chlamydia passports for the vaccinated. How about that? Um yeah. You, you still you still must follow the condom and PPE mandates. However, airlines are talking of double air points and upgrades for the castrated. <laughs> Which True. I suppose is lighter luggage, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Virgin Airlines are special, offering special deals for nuns, but uh, priests priests are banned for life. I don't know what that's about. Yeah. As they should be. Yeah, yeah. I don't know whether you have to prove you're a nun. What do you think? And How do you prove one you're a nun? <laughs> Does a nun have to wear PPE gear as well? Or just to be sure, probably. I don't know how you prove yourself a nun. No. Um, maybe. Okay. Uh, uh, there is a quite problem with that, isn't there? You know, uh, I'll contact Virgin Airlines. Um, okay. And it's coming to an end. Don't worry. Uh, our PM always ends ends the press conference. Well, uh, she smiles and says, remember to be kind. No. <laughs> don't she really? Yeah. Oh. So I said, so we've got a place called Invercargill here, which, you know, which is a place people, most other New Zealanders feel sorry for people there, you know, right. <laughs> lovely people. But, you know, you, do you have a place in the UK where, you know, like Invercargill? Yeah. Which is sort of, yeah. Um, Blackburn. Yeah. Okay. So you, because this, I think you should take up and to your own government. All right. So I suggest we allow folk living in Invercargill, because they carry the sympathy of all Kiwis, to be allowed five minutes of sex at 9pm on the 10th of each month, all right? Good. But, but there'll be a course, this is good, isn't it? And yeah. there'll be, of course, extensive police roadblocks <laughs> preventing the likely millions from entering the area and also the thousands of Invercargill women trying to leave, 
Ooh. you know so you've got yeah yeah and you've got to be worrying about <laughs> enter, be entering what area whose area <laughs> well that's in Chicago they have to here we've got roadblocks in and out of Auckland because you can't um, so I think I think when the news gets out about five minutes there'll be a bit of a rush in from <laughs> yeah. Aucklanders even even Aussies will be parachuting in probably okay um and we feel, OK, finally, coming to the end, that these restrictions should remain in place until 2030, which is an important date, yep. uh, when it is likely a sex with condoms will be permitted for consenting robots. Um, and we have a pension scheme, a national pension scheme called KiwiSaver. And I said I would encourage KiwiSaver, our pension scheme, to start investing in CRC, yeah. you know, because you can imagine that, you know, with, with the robots doing that, they're going to need that. Uh, and the last one, as a committed globalist, we encourage the uh, World Health and UNN to enforce these guidelines world, world, worldwide. Absolutely. Because, I mean, so what I, you've I'll mapped out there, although that is typical, uh, guys, that is literally not far off from what we're living, what we're accepting. It's absurd what we're accepting. And then you have to go one more absurd to make that point. Isn't it, it's, it's, where does this end? Like condoms well, over our heads when we're going like playing darts is a rule. I mean, the absurdity, as you say, satire is dead because, or is it? Is do we just need to up our game? Yeah, I, I think they're terrified of the comedians, and I saw that wonderful uh, interview there with um, Simon, isn't it? The, the the comedian that you did recently. Um, yes, yeah, 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 Simon. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, no, Simon. Simon Dolan's the other guy. That was, oh no, no, God. no, no, I forgot. That, yeah, that's no. terrible. Yeah, the previous one on here, um, Sean yeah. Collins. Sean, sorry, yeah, Sean. Good thing you remembered it. It's just Sean. Yeah, yeah, I did. Uh, it was because he works with Simon. And I that's watched why. His, his his amazing documentary, and it really touched me because this is right. This is, and you can't as a, the whole thing about comedy is that you've it's it's the absurd. Uh, basically the absurd makes people laugh the unexpected makes people laugh um and it's that's huge we know that laughing is is the best medicine uh, there's wonderful things that happen when you laugh so Roman, what, why uh, do you think you why aren't always, people uh, yeah. sorry but why aren't people laughing at this like uh, in the millions well, like grant, <laughs> that's that's... no because that that doesn't that that's no more absurd why aren't people laughing at the things we're laughing at like the people in the comments like of these these videos, and and thank you for commenting, people. They they find it hilariously stupid as well. So why aren't mm. people in their millions, as you just said, finding it absurd? What's what's happening? Yeah, I I because that's the basic. I, I I don't know. There's great humour in the war, wasn't there? I was watching that Peter Jackson movie when he of First World War, where he sort of recreated, you know, those old movies, and they're in they're in modern term. And of course, until they all got sort of went into the trenches, they're mostly having a laugh. You could see them all sitting down having a good laugh. Uh, and yeah, it looks like we've almost got past that. We're already in the trenches, <laughs> so you know, can't laugh, you know, because <laughs> we are really, aren't we? You know. Yeah, and that poor not... guy from South Auckland is there. You know, he's like, um, yeah, he's run away. He's a, he's sort of like going to be facing the firing squad. You know, here because he's just <laughs> didn't uh, didn't join the war. So people like the uh, the lady, this prime, if you call it there. I forgot her name now. What's her name? Prime Minister Jacinda Ardern. Jacinda, 
What's happened to her sense of humour? Or have they got a twisted, like, psychotic sense of humour where they just find it funny when people... and they make people squirm? I don't know. She smiles a lot. She's a bit like Brian Cox. She smiles a lot (laughs) and telling us when Brian Cox tells us we haven't got a soul, he's pissing himself. I don't understand that. I don't understand why why he's laughing in that case. So she's smiling all the time. uh, And um, so maybe she doesn't need to laugh. I don't know. Maybe maybe that's a natural state. And um, even when she's sad, she smiles, maybe. I don't know. There's a kind of jokerism, isn't there? The character is a joker about it. Yeah. And the Cheshire cat, isn't it? Well, yes. all that's left is a smile. Yeah. So. Um, but remember to be kind, she says at the end. Yeah, be Yeah. Apart from this bastard, lynch him. <laughs> yeah, for going to the gym. I mean, yeah, I, I really think sense of humour is the only way out of this. I can't think of anything else just to laugh our way through it. And do you think yeah. it will come to a point where it's so funny that it loses? It's like a bully. Once you laugh at a bully, they kind of lose it. Like you can't bully someone if they're laughing at you. And. Do you think there'll come a point where the kind of mass, there'll be a mass sort of finding it all really funny and the seriousness will be taken out of it? Because you only follow these things because you take it seriously, don't you? Yeah, yeah. I, I think a lot of comedians are serious people and actually it's bloody difficult, isn't it? I don't know how they do stand-up. Mm. It's the most nerve-wracking thing. You lay yourself open, don't you, to ridicule every time you walk in there. There's no sort of clearer and that's why um yeah that's that's why these people are remarkable people and why the joker was always spared uh, execution wasn't it in tudor times because you know he would take the piss out of the king but he would never get you know and that so you need that you need that person you need that joker the joker in the pack you know is the one that's sort of given him indemnity um yeah i i, I think humor is very important and um, and creative isn't it? You know, if you can make somebody laugh or smile even properly, you know, not once somebody's got to smile all the time on their face. <laughs> yeah. for, her, for them, you want them not to smile. Oh, well, I'm getting through to you there. Um, yeah, absolutely. So, so uh, we've got to keep that sense of humour. Um, we've got it's got the Britain Britain through many wars, hasn't it? Having a bit of a laugh. Yeah, it has. Do you see how do you see people's sense of humour when you see them coming into your practice? Are people generally down about this or they find it funny i mean what sort of mixtures are you seeing well you've got to gauge when they come in you've got to gauge how they're going to respond you can't you know some of course are suffering and um you can't yeah you can't stop telling a lot of jokes although kids you can of course you know you kids laugh they smile that's their default mechanism isn't it Mm. you know you just like if they look terrified you just put the like the stethoscope on your head, like to make, I don't know, oh, this light, light shot, light shot, that, okay. <laughs> and and that's enough, really, mm. to break the ice, because here you are as an authority figure who's really behaving like a dick, and um, they love that, all right? And uh, so they're easy. Somehow we grow out of it, don't we, you know? Um, and so yet we uh, have to laugh. I mean, there's a lot of laughter that goes on uh, in a consultation, and tears, because tears means you've touched them often. Um, yeah, there's a truth that comes out from tears that's incredibly healing, you know, not nasty stuff. Um, and you can laugh and cry within, the, you know, a few moments. Uh, again, that's all soul stuff. It's not logical stuff. It's not sort of, it hasn't been prescribed, has it? They haven't told us 
how to do this, the experts. The experts, because here, all the headlines is expert says this, you know? <laughs> Same here. I, yeah. Whereas I want an expert, uh, I want a headline to say experts haven't got a clue. <laughs> experts, the, the expert says he hasn't got a clue. Because yeah. basically, when you look at them, they're the people of authority who are telling you that they haven't got a clue right? yeah. in some ways. Um, but trust them, you know? So humility, great humility and humor, isn't there? There is. Even and, reading, uh, yeah. reading that out, nobody else has heard that before. I'm taking a bit of a risk. Um, but to make people fi- make people laugh, you often do, don't you? You have to sort of, um, you know that you're 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 close to a a barrier that if you penetrate too much could offend. Now, um, so there's a great skill in that, I think. Great skill in the great in the humorists. I think there's a, there's an element of reframing as well because say the guy that laughably just got the whole country against him for going to the gym. If you turned that around and said, okay, this is fucking mad, and it is mad, and I'm not having it, but what I'm going to do is say, maybe I'm the person that woke you up to how mad this is. Maybe I'm the linchpin that might drop it. Maybe I'm the one, if you really look at this, you're having a go at me for going to the gym. It's quite funny. And he could turn that around for himself, and I think that's that's just an example of reframing. How do you think people can use reframing to find this not as dark and twisted and actually quite depressing? And that's the reason why I'm kind of moving away from the conspiracy stuff i'll still talk about it but i want to frame it in a different light of actually it's mad the whole thing's mm-hmm. mad and there is an element of entertainment to conspiracy research as well it's not all true it can't be we don't know we're making theories and anyone who comes along and tells you that their theories are true the nuts and bolts can the names placed and dates can be but there is an element of reframing for everything yeah. how do you think reframing can help people go see this in a different light and just a bit slightly more positive light and that's probably going to piss people off even that word but that's even funny as well yeah and and there'll be a certain amount of gaslighting because sure if you're rephrasing it you don't care about the people who are affected Mm. and everything which is the biggest load of crap out because we're actually um suggesting this to make people's lives better but no way taking away from um you know just humor in the war isn't 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 going to uh these are the frontline guys who, who uh, it was the humor that got them through, you know, but that doesn't mean, I mean, they're putting their life on the line all the time. So somehow we have to be um, uh, positive about that. We have to be make, make sure uh, that if we, if there's a certain amount of persecution, we, we have strength in numbers to say, no, this doesn't mean that we don't think this is real. This doesn't mean that we're laughing at the people affected or dying, quite the reverse. We actually um, want to help and heal. And yeah. um, we, we shouldn't have to say that because um, uh, we shouldn't have to say that because most people, if they went to see Billy Connolly in his prime or Robin Williams, would end up feeling better, wouldn't they? They'd be having a laugh and they'd, they'd come out all buzzing. That's called health, all right? <laughs> we shouldn't have to explain, even if they're talking, they're, they're, they're risque, you know, they're using a lot of profanities or whatever. It's irrelevant. It's what happens f- from that. So, yeah, we've got to lighten this. We've got to be uh, more lighthearted. And this doesn't mean that we don't compassionately, uh, aren't compassionate. Uh, and I suppose the Dalai Lama's like that, isn't he? You know, there was criticism that he was a bit too lighthearted and having a laugh about things. Um, but it doesn't mean he wasn't 
serious about this. It wasn't. It wasn't um, totally committed to a, a peace, you know, and and um, and joy. So, yeah, it's a matter of finding joy within all this. Um, and that's that's a doing thing, isn't it? One of my favourite mm. books is Man's Search for Meaning. The guy, yeah. um, and and it's an incredible book, Frick, guys. Frank and if you haven't yeah. read it, it's not a very long book. This guy obviously went through the one of the the more extreme Nazi war camps, and the way yeah. he got through it was finding meaning why he was there. He was there to help others, and he got through it that way. I think people would benefit of just having a little think about what can what meaning can they find for this. Like I do this, keeps me sane. I find it funny. I get to speak to people like yourself, make friends, and that's my me. I found a meaning in this, and I can always do this no matter what the circumstances are. Um, you, it's good to try and find deep within yourself a meaning for it. It could be painting, it could be drawing, it could be just talking to mates, finding mate, writing jokes, a way to lighten it. But also lighten it is is is, is by lightening the load. You're you're taking it out of yourself, don't you? You're putting it into the world. You need to take out that feeling in your gut. Get off Twitter and stop arguing, or unless you want to find it funny and you find it hilarious, but. There is a point of expression of getting it out of yourself. How can people find that within themselves of a, a, an ability to get that thing that's really churning at them? All of these stupid, silly rules, and and they are stupid, and they are silly, and they do make do not make no sense. But how can they get that out of their belly? That sense of real anger and frustration, and put it into something that that might make them just feel a little bit better each day. Hmm. And. and... It's much easier to do this face to face with somebody. You can have a disagreement. It's that's important to have a disagreement with somebody in a friendly way and then know that you're not going to uh, lose that friend. In fact, it's really important that friends disagree on things and yet have a connection that is way above these these disagreements. Uh, and I don't think even on Skype or whatever, we can quite match that. Um, and also the, the natural feeling to give somebody a hug. You know, it's, it's a spontaneous thing, isn't it? Mm. Uh, all those things mustn't go. Uh, that's, that's so essential. And they're so simple. The thing that you do for your child, <laughs> um, uh, being with them, just, just, just listening to them, be there. Uh, the, 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 the wonderful thing are, are, are that at the basis of most, as we came in and I said this, most maladies is a deep inner loneliness. Um, and to be somebody's friend uh, is so special. And it's, to me, the sadness about what's happening at the moment is, if is that somehow being interfered with, with um, uh, social distancing and bubbles and these lockdowns? Are we locked away? And as you know, without getting conspiratorial, the plan is that, of course, um, that artificial intelligence uh, is going to become, um, a, a, it already is a dominant force, but it's not friendly. It's not funny, particularly. I don't think so. It is very effective when we're doing a search, obviously, algorithms or whatever, but it's not, uh, it's not human. And no. so I would think that I love your plan about uh, steering these towards a plan towards re-establishing and growing humanity with uh, soul, uh, humor, music, dance, um, and anything that that makes you joyful. That 
would be that to me is the biggest <laughs> i think the covid virus uh is not the big virus in the world at the moment it's the it's the other thing the virus that's somehow going to interfere with our humanity yeah but i think there's an element of hacking people's um humanity there and, and disrupting probably is a better word their humanity mm. and if before we wrap up sort of what sort of things do you find especially in the last year and i mean i can't believe it's been a year since i saw you and it's just started around about then we snuck in and snuck out of the country quite quickly but um what sort of things over the last year have you done to find meaning in all of this and i think that's probably that book really makes a difference and i read it now and again because if he can find meaning in what he was doing it really didn't matter whether he survived the camp or not it mattered that the time he in the time he had in the camp wasn't as as how do i put it wasn't as uh awful and horrific as it could have been and that came from a strength of mind of changing how can people find that in themselves if he can do it I, i'm sure we all can in this situation yeah, and I say he found meaning and joy in the most appalling of circumstances and places. And I think that's what we can do. Um, simple things like keeping a journal. I believe we're going through an amazing time in history. Uh, and by keeping just writing a few words a day about what you're doing that day uh, will be a bit like the Anne Frank um, diaries. Mm. Uh, and will be something that future people may discover um, how we got through this because they think it's a critical time. And with that comes some sort of fact. So when you write that without any great plans, it's coming from the heart. Uh, because if we are going to be battling AI and the machines in future, and I believe that's you know would seem to be yeah. obvious <laughs> for anybody there. Uh, we have to then understand the, what it is about being frail and human um, and, uh, you know, faulty and funny and weird and all that. And we need to work on that um, and we need to show that uh, every day. I would certainly hope for Sean and the comedians and my um, musician friends uh, that they will be able to thrive in the future with an audience if you like so i hope that that's the case maybe if we do this on a one-to-one -one basis the public will begin to demand it okay and i think that might be happening that we're not going to say we're going to say what well, we need this these politicians aren't very funny mm. <laughs> they don't sing very well do they yeah. you know and this um, is why we used to have spitting and image and, and it and is back not, I don't in have the a uk yeah but... Sorry, you were saying? Well, this is Sorry. why we had spitting image in the UK, because yeah. I think it kind of regulated these narcissists and, the, and these, these nutters, really, into going, they're going to send you up and take the mickey. And it has come back in the UK, but it's not big like it used to be. It used to be one of the things you always, well, I used to wait to watch that on a Friday yeah. night, I believe, or Saturday night. And it regulated these people to say, if you mess up, if you do stupid things, we're going to take the piss out of you. And people don't want, they don't want that. These people are heavily invested in the way they are perceived, aren't they? And we, we can use that to our advantage by not taking mm. them so seriously. So if, to end it, so if you, it doesn't matter whether you believe the virus is this big deadly thing or you believe that actually the real problem here is 
overcoming the odds. There's two odds to overcome, isn't there? And what you were saying about journaling was there's a very... You could do your part, I suppose, here by showing your journey of how you overcame this point in time, this crucial point in time, can't you? And and makes you feel like you've made a difference. Yeah, yeah. And um, every bit helps. Just, Just every day do something. You know, if you meet somebody, just smile and... And as you, when you start noticing that, that's what makes your life meaningful. Um, and it doesn't mean it's it's not e- that it's easy when you're locked down, and and but you can find joy and happiness in that. Uh, and you can, it can also be a sort of a meditative thing. Um, and again, that's so difficult for me to say this because so many people are losing their jobs, so such a high suicide rate, uh, whatever. I I have a practice that uh, like at the university I'm seeing potentially suicidal people every week I assure you you know and I we so my focus and my heart goes out to them uh, and and we're lucky enough I suppose that we're not seeing the COVID to the same extent but we're seeing an exacerbation of that inner loneliness uh, and you know all you have to do with those people is sit down and listen to them uh, and it becomes clear that that's not what they're getting in life. It's not rocket science, you know. The best form of energy medicine is you, <laughs> just listening with a compassionate, open heart, and having a laugh sometimes, and 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 crying together sometimes. That's easily the most potent thing we can do in a medical consultation. Obviously, if somebody's having cardiac arrest, you don't necessarily want to do that. You've got to resuscitate them and put the tubes yeah, in. It's a time not, place. <laughs> yeah, I've been doing this for 40 years. I, I do get that, all right? You know, and the same with, you know, compassion doesn't take your appendix out and things. But, um, yeah, so so value that. Value that friendship. Um, and uh, anything that comes through you, that creativity that comes through you, isn't actually is coming from another place. And put that out. Put that out. Even if at the time it doesn't seem... Um, particularly good, if you like, when I write songs, it doesn't necessarily mean it's particularly good, but it's all right, you know, that's what that was today's. Maybe I'm judging it badly. Um, I've got one one poem to end, all right? I'm just thinking okay. I'll end on a poem. And they're very short, not like my um, chlamydia plan, which is very... Um, <laughs> actually, I'll, I'll, I'll do two, okay? One is called I Wandered Lonely as a Cloud, and that's the 2020 version, all right? I Wandered Lonely as a Cloud, fucking social distancing. That's it. That's it. That's the end of it. All right. But, <laughs> so, um, so it doesn't rhyme, does it? Anyway, so I'll say another one. Okay. Labels. Because uh, I'm a bit pissed off because they're called your labels. Your this. Okay. So it's called labels. I am not a racist, a sexist, a conspiracy theorist, a communist, a capitalist, a leftist, a rightist, a Buddhist, or a Jesusist. I am merely a realist. Transverse, traversing the abyss with a wish list. That's lovely, guys. That's where can you find? Where can people find your work? I don't know. You got a new album you're working on called Shadow Man, I believe. Shadow Man, yeah. Shadow Man. Where can people find your work? Find your music. And guys, really do go and check out music. I lose, use a lot of Robin's music in the films I make because it has an innocence about it and a, and a melodies about it that don't get written very often. They're written or. The melodies in the songs are written and the instruments accompaniment there. And I really mean that. It's, it's completely, it's music that I, 
I think that has died away because of the technology behind it. So, guys, go and check out Robin's music and his website and contact him as well. So where can people find you, Robin? Okay, well, music, one way I get got through difficult time, even before all this, we had a, a sort of a, let's say, a, a psychopathic attack on our family. Mm. And the way I got through that was through what I call bathroom ballads, was actually to um, record a, a song uh, in the bathroom uh, once a week. Uh, and I have to just think of that song in the morning. I have an hour to prepare. It has to go out with warts and all. So uh, on my YouTube, Robin Kelly Bathroom Ballads. I've got a new YouTube um, playlist called Solo, S-O-U-L-O, where I'm starting just five minutes um, to talk about soul. Uh, and I'm pitting okay. probably, um, I suppose, some of the problems that we have today, which I feel are proclamations of the soulless. And I'm I'm marrying them up often with a poem, either my own or Yeats or whatever, or Solo. It's only five minutes or at the most and then got to keep to that and i have a website um robinkelly.co.nz uh and um you'll find me on facebook i've got uh i have a show called shamana rama and and uh, uh, i have a lot of my music on that and the human hologram uh on facebook uh which is a discussion area on my books the human hologram and the uh, human antenna which uh uh, where I talk about, I suppose, more um, esoteric and practical and health things. So there's all of that. And, um, yeah. Okay, guys, I will put all the links below. Thank you, Robin, for <laughs> coming on. No, well, I will do because, you know, like, yeah. and then, and it's it's good. And I, I appreciate you coming on and taking the time. And it's lovely to speak to you. And um, and, it may, and it's been, I can't believe it's been it's a year since I saw you. And I hope you get to do this again at some point if you ever come to the UK or we come back over because... It was lovely spending time with you and your family, genuinely. And um, I, I think we I wish we had more time to make stuff. We made a great series called The Holographic Human, which is on iconic.com, which talks about Robin's life, his music, but also a lot about his books and about the holographic nature of the world and how things are microcosms of what we see on the big level to the small level. And it's a, probably one of my favourite series is on there because, one, making it with yourself, but also because it was... It, it, it was creative and it's imaginative. So, guys, go and check check that out on iconic.com and I'll put all the links below. Robin, thank you for your time and um, for being on there. And I hope people got some positivity out <laughs> this one and go ahead and think about how they can actually sort of try and turn this around because this isn't going to end it overnight. But you don't have to feel the same way about it every day, and it's going to take a practice. And, and there's certain things you can do like turn the BBC off turn the mainstream media off yeah. probably don't argue on Twitter don't let that stuff near you because it's almost like eating junk food and, and alcohol and, and, and it's going to make you ill and I've tried to stay away from the things that are going to make you ill and, and um, there, there's certain things you can do to make this less painful for you until it does finally pass and it will pass everything comes everything changes and everything passes this will pass but what a strange world we live in, Robin. I'll give you the last word, Robin. What do you want people to understand about where they are right now, where they, how to kind of find their way through this? Well, this is a difficult time in history. It's a special time in history. Uh, you will get through it. Um, and because you're human and you're creative and very special and unique. So... That sounds a bit corny, doesn't it? Well, let's see what I think. Yeah. Perfect. I'll speak to you soon, guys. Please leave comments below, and I hope you enjoyed this. Take care. 
glitching the code.